right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio. This is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a Thursday edition of the program. Merely Bo in here, Gibby here as well. Z's still gallivanting on the west. He's in the Rocky Mountain time zone, is he not? I believe so. He's in my, my day, home, near my homeland. Day three of shenanigans. It's an amazing like what is the what is the amount of days that with a straight face you can ask your wife significant other for on a guy's vacation acknowledging that that changes dramatically once you have children now see i will throw a wrinkle into that and say it gets a lot easier when your kids are older that could be like when they don't care like i'm not there yet yeah, like, yeah. so that uh, like we you know with Adriana and even Marissa, like once they were in high school and, and college, I'm like, so I got a golf trip. And but uh, how many nights? How I many mean, nights without a, a look going? Eh, it's up against it. I mean, I was gone four nights, five days, four yeah, nights. Yeah, that's bold. I have a fantastic wife. <laughs> not saying that yours is not, but I I, I would say this. I think it's a lot easier to make that ask when the kids are a little older. Yeah, like because right then now, they don't feel five, like they're missing out on anything. Five days, 
God bless your wife. It could be sainthood five days with the the three dragons. Yeah, I mean, it would be a full day. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't do that. I I think the most I would do. I don't even think I've done one since the boys. I think I've done one since the boys have been were born. All three of them, maybe, um, maybe a day. Not much. I mean, I, I haven't. And it's my choice. Like I don't. I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not guy strip guy much anyway. Um, but I feel like the most reasonable number with you know my kids are ten eight six. Uh, I would say two nights. Anything more than two nights would be really pressing your luck uh, on that front. But before kids, I think I could have gone upwards of three pretty easily. Um, it, not that she would have said no, but I think that would have been kind of like a reasonable amount. And I think you make a good point that once they're older and they don't care about hanging out with me, at that point there's an opportunity for yeah, more. Yeah, I mean, my, I'm going through that now with uh, a lot of my friends. You know, a good number of my friends have young kids. Yeah. And they're, they're like, eh, uh, next year I'm already out. Like, uh, I've, I've got a kid's first birthday, and uh, my wife will leave me if I'm not here, <laughs> if I'm on this golf trip. Right. So, it, it, I mean, I think, it, yeah, that's – I, me personally, I almost feel guilty if I'm gone for that period of time, like when the kids were younger. I would, yeah. I would have definitely been like, eh, guys, I can do two. I don't know if I can do more than that. Yeah. Yeah, that that feels like the edge of it. So, uh, so he's out there living his best life. Um, I don't know. Is he playing eighteen? I think he's just playing eighteen a day, which I feel that's like a, a lot, lot of free time if it's only eighteen a day. That's, I mean, without kids or wife, eighteen a day, you're done in four hours. And you're, you're in Vale, and Vale's beautiful. But what what do you got going on in Vale? Well, time it's Colorado. I mean, you're gonna hike. You're going to hike if you want. You're going to, I mean, I'm sure it's got all of the accoutrements that you would want if you're interested in spas and hiking and rivers and you, you see, mountains. You see our boy hiking. Yeah, I think so. I go for a walk. Didn't but. he do that when he went down to the last of Mohicans place? Like he went down there and he hiked around a little bit. Yeah, but that's not like the go- golf trip. You're you're out there. You got four or five hours of solid boozing going on while you play probably. Hey, I don't, and I know he's golfing like middle of the day early afternoon oh so then that's your full day so here's what you're doing you're getting up you're having a breakfast uh you're you're you know whatever you're getting to the course let's say if you play at 11 30 you're there till two you're there till three maybe have a cocktail on the porch whatever now you're four o'clock you're now going back to the hotel you get a little breakfast uh, you get a little uh shower and then you're going out to dinner by six thirty-seven, and away you go so that if you go middle of the day that's the that's what you do. I, I think he, yeah, I think he was a middle of the day. I just, yeah. you're on a golf trip, you're playing golf. Yeah. Like, now, my crew is a little bit more extreme. You know, we try yeah. to play 36 Shocking. holes a day. You know what the sweet spot is? It's 27. It, 27's the sweet spot. And we have to, it's like you have to play 18 and 18. Nobody want, needs to play 36 holes. It really should be 18 and 9. It, that it, would be the sweet spot. I, I believe it's been tweaked already for next year. I just mean in general. Like we lose daylight. Yeah, it's too much. (laughs) You know, it's too much. The wheels are hours of golf. That's a lot. Twenty-seven. You can play, especially like the afternoon is like a scramble type format. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that makes life a little easier. Match play in the morning, scramble in the afternoon. I think I think golf would come a long ways uh, if if when you tried to do that it was twenty seven and I think if it were a lot easier to play nine that would be a win too. 
Like it should be easier to play nine. You should be there. Should always and most courses are this way, but there should it, they should make it a lot easier for you to play nine holes and See, get out. I just I don't think I don't think they make it easier. I think it's quite tough to find a, a, a good nine hole deal. Yeah, and the course is like well, like I can get you out like at four or five o'clock. Yeah. Oh, I, why can't I play nine holes in the middle of the day? Yeah, I agree. I think I think they should. They should make it. It should be easier to play nine. It should, you shouldn't have to be locked into 18 every time you go play. Agreed. It's too difficult. It takes too damn much time. Uh, the boys are – this was day one of summer for them. Bootsy this morning to me, uh, his first words to me, <laughs> so chesty. Like you can't even – I don't need to make up what he says because what he says on his own is insane. So he's he's got his shirt off. He, he comes in. Uh, I'm getting some stuff done for my, uh, for my other occupation, and I see him walk in and he goes, well – Time to get that first breakfast of summer, Dad. Okay. <laughs> really? All right. Well, what, what do we? What can we do? Well, what are we what doing can today, I do boy? for you there, buddy? What do, what do you need? Would you like an omelet? Perhaps some bacon. Some waffles, perhaps. Young Prince. What was the ultimate decision? Cereal. He landed on cereal. That's what he ended up with anyway. You just needed me to make it happen. Well. Let's get that first breakfast of summer. Okay. How's it different from breakfast yesterday? Yeah. Meantime. Or the last two weeks, for that matter. Right. Exactly. When they've done nothing. Uh, meantime, Black Cobra today decided that he was going to be Emerald. So he had the follow. This was all happening at the same time. So he did. Um, the other two had already eaten. And he decided that he was going to make breakfast smoothies for everybody. Uh, so that's going on. And then as he's making that, he decides that he needs eggs. So. He's got eggs out. So he's as he's done, God bless him, everything seemed like it turned out okay. He seemed to be able to do it. The burners were turned off and so forth. That's a win. House isn't going to burn down. But all of it, I mean, the, the kitchen was Beirut. It was every, yeah. I go, dude, look, proud of you. Next step is we're going to clean up. Yeah. There, so there's a, con- there's a consequence to pulling every pan out of the yes. door. He had, he had eggs in two different pans. <laughs> scrambled over easy what are we looking at? i don't know it was kind of a mix it looked to me like i couldn't tell what he was doing you were not eating them no and it, <laughs> it felt like he was I mean, there's no salt and pepper application i mean it was oh. you know but he ate it to his credit he did he did eat it and he did drink the milkshake so they they got that going for him which is very very nice uh but they're off and so who knows what uh what the next couple of months will be on that front so we completed otas this morning that's done yeah we threw a little twist into it it appears now I mean, we're just getting this via social, like our players' I, social, or I can this... also vouch for the fact that there was a giant motorcade that stopped me up at about <laughs> nine a.m. this morning, okay. departing the cross country mortgage campus. Okay, so we worked we worked hand in hand with uh, the coach Stefanski got with the Cavs. Is that what we're at? Is he got with the Cavs? And at the end of the team meetings this morning, told the guys to get ready for a workout of a different kind, and they went and played. They did a hoops workout at the Cavs facility. Yes. Uh, when you say reportedly, is this a reporter on the scene or is this well, your source? Well, I saw Josh Dobbs' Instagram, and okay. I talked to a few other people. Direct account then. So uh, it would appear that the team did a little knockout, three-point shootout, okay. whatever the case might be at the Cleveland Cavaliers practice facility today. That's nice. the final OTA of the season. And I'm told, reportedly, that – uh, Jacoby Brissett might be your three-point champion. Okay, I don't have a problem with that. No, yeah, that I mean that makes sense to me. I, I, but again, it goes back to 
Where was our guy JOK in all of this? Well, but, you know, if he was a – I mean, how did he describe his game? Was he more of a slasher? Yeah, I, I forget what the how he described his game, but um, in fact, he did. He, I think he did that with Z. Um, I know he was two-time first team All State in Virginia, which that's a state consequence in basketball. That means something, but it's it's possible that he was a slasher, a driver, a defender, shot blocker, that type of thing. Like that kid who played. Um, you know, it could have been like the kid who played at Pickerington Central when they won the state championship. That's going to Ohio State. Uh, Styles, the Styles oh. kid. Yeah. Like, could have been like that, where he was just so dominant physically. You know, Sonny wasn't necessarily a great three-point shooter, but he guarded the other team's best player. He, plays, he played point guard and center, whatever they needed, and and that was it. So you, you sometimes you can just be so superior and then have the basketball skill. And by the way, like, Sonny could have played basketball at Ohio State if he wanted to. He was good enough. Um, and he skipped his senior year of high school to go play football at Ohio State next year. So maybe JOK had that in him. I think it worked I'd out have to well see the JOK. game. He chose wisely. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any final tallies. I, I I'm told that Brissett was your big winner today in the three point contest. Yes, but there were numerous other things. It was a little over an hour, I believe, and fun was had. Fun and frivolity were had by all. It would be fun, like a little mix up yes. to see who's got hoop and and who can who can play a little yeah. bit and head over there. And then you you know, it, I, I think everybody was back. By around twelve, twelve thirty, and you know you got the rest of the weekend off. Monday you're back, mandatory minicamp. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but I believe they're back in the building on Monday. They've got things or Monday afternoon, yeah, and, mon- Monday yeah. afternoonish, something like that. So they Correct. could theoretically fly back Monday morning if they wanted to, and then Tuesday, Tuesday here, Wednesday Canton at, at the Hoff, and then uh, downtown on on Thursday. So good job out of that. We also had this yesterday after we got off the air. The 2022 preseason TV broadcast team on News 5 is announced. Chris Rose will be handling play-by-play. The Hoff will be handling your color commentary, and Aditi Kinkabala will be handling your sidelines. So that group is now uh, is now taking shape as well. Um, the Hoff is so good at this. Yes. So good at this. So that'll be that'll be a highlight to see to see him back in the mix. And uh, has Chris, does he has he done play-by-play? I don't really know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I don't know that. I'm sure he has. I'm just, you know, I mean, when you have a career as long as he's had over various platforms, I assume that he has at some point. Have you done it? You did it at Bowling Green, right? I did. Yeah. I did. And then I did it. Uh, I did. I called Mac Tournament here for ESPN. Um, numerous high school games. Way too many high school basketball and football games to count. Yeah. Um, it's fun, but it's interesting. Like the, um, the job is very different depending on the medium and the sport, um, in, in basketball TV and especially on radio, you're constantly talking. I mean, just like Jim on ours, we're so lucky to have the voice on ours and his is, you know, but that's radio. He's got to describe everything that's happening. I mean, it's, it's his show in TV. It's a little different. You know, you're setting up is the idea here, you know, like. Chris will just set up Joe. You know, that's that's the way that this thing's going to go. So Chris has done some play by play actually for Fox NFL Sunday. So he he's has done, done some NFL he's, games. He's done some probably NFL some regional. Games. I know he's done MLB. Yeah, for so. sure. Yeah. Um Okay. Well that'll be good. Yeah. That's good. And, and good group. really it's you know, in the preseason I think it's more about, you know, the stories and 
not so much on the field because who knows who's going to play. I mean, let's be candid. Like, yeah. I mean, we, some of these games yeah. are pretty rough. We, you know, we continue to do Cleveland Browns daily. We continue to do it at the Cross Country Mortgage Campus here in Berea. Preseason games are terrible. They're they're brutal. I mean, it's bad. Yeah, it's gotten worse. It's gotten worse. It they're. Thought I hate it might always get better being, when we went down yeah, to three games. Not, not the case. No. I mean, now basically the, the by going to three, they basically eliminated what used to be the dress rehearsal game. Yeah. So you don't even have that. So you've got the first game is completely back into roster, guys. Second game is mostly that. Third game is mostly that. So it's you're not getting much out of it from a Yeah, I remember last year we thought, standpoint. well, the third game, you know, they're going to have like they're all, then they're going to have almost two weeks off because there's not that fourth preseason yeah. game. Why not do a dress rehearsal? No, no one played. No, no, nobody did. Nobody did at all. So it's – and you you saw it last year that, I mean, several teams, you know, players said they're just not playing and they're not playing preseason, period. The Rams did that. Others teams did that too. So um, that's kind of the reality of that. It's a mailbag day. Tweet us your questions to at Browns underscore daily using the hashtag AskCBD. Uh, we'll get to those in the 2.30 hour of the program. I see Bobby's already fast at work. I had Holy a tweet cow. from he's him got 15. at 7.45 this morning yeah, he's on that it. said, is it too early to submit the questions? No, I not for no. you, Bobby. Keep them coming. He infiltrated uh, He infiltrated uh, my other occupation uh, earlier in the week on this type of segment. So he's even contributing there. Wow. Doesn't stop. Multi-platform contributor. He really is. Yeah, it's <laughs> a stunning accomplishment to say the least. Uh, Andrew Marshan will join us at 1.30. We'll go over this, uh, you know, kind of what led to what happened this offseason in, um, in, in the NFL play-by-play booth. So I think I, it's a fascinating conversation. He's the best yes. at it. So that'll be fun. That's coming up at 1.30. The mailbag at 2.30 go around the league as well. Uh, coming up next, go around the sports world. We're off and running on a Thursday edition. Cleveland Browns Daily, 8.50 ESPN Cleveland. Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Your business is shopping for an enterprise operating system, but you don't know where to begin. Well, lucky for you, you're listening now, and I can tell you where to begin. You can begin with my friends at EOX Vantage. They're data scientists, also business ops experts. Your EOX Vantage team not only builds and installs your system, they act as ongoing tech support. So you're hiring a continuous improvement and support system. EOX Vantage is not tied to any single brand of hardware or software, so you're getting a truly customized, purpose-built solution, along with a partner that answers only to you, and EOX Vantage does not outsource all the operations operational expertise, proprietary solutions, and tech support come from one unified partner. You can see how companies have profited from hiring one fully objective operating systems partner at eoxvantage.com. Uh, the PGA has finally spoken, but have they? So they don't, they're not specific with this. No. They're suspended, but for how long, who knows? Yeah, it's exactly. a, It's really a joke. So they put out this harshly worded word salad this morning that all these guys are suspended and that they can't play in the President's Cup and blah, 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 blah. But there's nothing that says, okay, you're suspended for life. It says as long as they're playing this event, they're suspended. Well, so what? They're fine with that. They're being compensated. Yeah. It, do- it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's this almost 
childlike response to what's going on. When really, <clears throat> if you just tweaked a few things, you would have kept all these guys from leaving. I don't, well, I don't know that, Gibbe, because I, I don't think, think you so. can tweak $200 million. You're not tweaking that. You can't tweak that, but that's not money's not the only thing. The money's the only thing it. here. Two hundred million is the only thing here. <laughs> like we can, t- they can talk about lifestyle or less events. Look, I watched it this morning. I had it on. Did you check it out? Yeah, I watched. Yeah, it. there were almost a hundred thousand people watching it. Yeah, I watched it. So I had it on this morning. I liked. I liked the fact that everybody was playing at once. I liked the fact that I hadn't seen the course before. So what? If you're unaware, one of the things that they've done with this is every it's shotgun, so everybody is playing all at the same time. So there's they just go pitter-patter around to everybody, the entire field. So it'll say, rather than saying, you know, he's on five, he's on four, what it says is eight to go, nine, you know, nine to go, eight to go, Plus six. Plus one, right. nine to go. Yeah, right. And then that's it. And they're all at the same pace. So they're all going to finish at the t- same time. I thought that was pretty cool. I like that. I also liked the idea that it was taking place in London, so it was on live this morning. That won't be the case in July when they're in Portland. Um, but to me, I, this seems like this seems like nonsense from the tour. Grow up a little bit. I mean, if you want to banish them, banish them. But you can't say, well, they're sus- suspended for how long? And you're suspended for the President's Cup and PGA Tour events. That doesn't include the majors, I believe. I think that if, and I think you have to in this, you don't have to, but I think in order to have the conversation, you have to think of it, you think of it this way. If you separate who's funding this thing, if you separate that, I think this is incredibly good for fans of golf because what we want is what, what, what most people who watch golf are, most people are at best casual golf fans and sports fans. And what they care about is the majors, primarily the majors. And if there's a PGA stop that's near and dear to your heart, whether it's one in your state or one nearby, whatever, that's what you care most about. So this, this allows for a concentrated field. The team aspect of it, I think, is going to take a little bit of time. But the approach I like. I like the idea of them all playing at the same time as opposed to tee times. And the PGA Tour has been so arrogant. Me too. (laughs) PGA Tour has been so arrogant about how we're never changing our ways. We're always going to play the same courses. I like them mixing it up. Yeah, I, I don't I, – I, I like everything I've seen. I thought the production was pretty good today. It wasn't awful. It's fine. Yeah. Like, I could fine. see where there the golf ball was There was a shot tracer. There was a – yeah. Drones, I mean – Yeah. It was I, a course I'd never seen, so that I always am interested in that. I like the look of things. I like that a little bit. Um, I don't know. I think that this is going to damage the PJ Tour a great deal, though. Absolutely. It so is. the yeah. last place guy here is walking away with one hundred and fifty thousand. So that matters. Like Kepka's little brother, I don't know. Has he ever had a payday better than one hundred and fifty thousand? And he's not going to finish last, by the way. But like this is going to start to add up pretty quickly. Yeah, and, and you mentioned it just a few minutes ago. Like golf's relevant. Like this was the topic of conversation um, at my golf league last night. Yeah. This was the conversation at the bar afterward. Like, are you watching? Are you not watching? Like, what, you know, what do you like? And, you know, there was, there was some good conversation about it. I mean, it's interesting whether you watch it or not. It's it's um, the – because it's essentially the, the old 
you know, you make a deal with the devil is the idea, right? I mean, that's kind of the idea of this. Like, what's of your course. price on that? That's kind of the way that this is being uh, spun a little bit. Um, but that, and so that part of it makes it makes it pretty dang good. Is it makes it an interesting conversation? So Chase Kepka all time tour mo- uh, ranking uh, money three hundred and six thousand career earnings. So that's his career. He'll make more than that in this tournament. One tournament. Again, man, you're providing for your family. I know what the cost is of doing business, but at the same time, like if you have the opportunity to make that kind of money and provide for your kids and your grandkids, their kids down the road, you got to think about it. Yeah, I I mean, I think we can all sit here and say we wouldn't do it because it's not being presented to us. Yeah. You know, like we can all I, – I heard Riz yesterday talking about this, and he was, you know, kind of in the similar vein. Like, yeah, I'd like to think that I wouldn't take it, but at the same time, $200 million is $200 million. You yeah. know, that's, that's a lot to wrap your head around. It is. So, from a golf standpoint, I enjoyed it this morning. I enjoyed the format. It was fun. Yeah. I, lo- I thought it was nice to wake up and have golf on in the morning. PJ Tour has all these archaic rules where they don't show the events live a lot of times. Every event, they don't show them live, which is crazy. Why would you not? You're there. You're all there. Broadcast it. Yeah, I don't need to start when you're on hole ten. No, I mean they all they all yeah. get them in the afternoon. Like just start it when they, if the guys are teeing off at seven thirty in the morning. Golf Channel ought to be broadcasting it. Why not? Did you watch any of the finals last night? Celtics I did Warriors? see some of it. Yeah, the Celtics were up big, and I saw they were able to hold on. And um, I I know we're up against it because we got Andrew coming up here in just a, a few minutes. But at some point, I want to talk about. Like, if you're an opposing player and you bring your family to the game in a hostile arena, I'm not condoning behavior of certain fans. Well, you can't bring your family to that. And that's just where we are in professional sports. Like, you can't do that. You are making a mistake. And I saw it when Golden State was here with Draymond's mom. But Draymond's mom was one starting stuff in the stands, and yeah. then all of a sudden she became the victim. Unless you're in a box, there's no way you can go. Yeah, you can't be in. You I'm can't at. be with the regular pop gen pop. There's no way. No. It's just and, and that's leave your family at home for their safety and for your peace of mind yeah. while you're playing. And honestly, I would say the same thing. Honestly, about kids, a lot of times, like you heard the chants that were going around, like yeah, you know. It's almost we've gotten to a point in sports where there is no it's been this way for a while in certain places, obviously. But it's like at what age is it appropriate? Um, It is a mailbag uh, edition of the program today. Tweet your questions uh, to us at Browns underscore daily. Use the hashtag ask CBD. We will get to those coming up an hour from now. Coming up next, Andrew Marshan, New York Post media columnist and has crushed all of this when it comes to uh, the NFL and the play by play and this bidding war that happened. We'll get kind of a behind the scenes view from him on all of that coming up next. You listen to Cleveland Browns daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. If a car, truck, or motorcycle accident caused you injury, call the injury lawyers at 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk is a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. Welcome back into Cleveland Browns Daily. This is a real treat. Andrew Marshan joining us, New York Post media columnist. He's the best in the business at this. And he chronicled one of the most 
I don't know if we've ever seen anything like it in television sports, what happened this year in the musical chairs uh, in the NFL announcing berth. Andrew, thank you so much for your time. Let's start there. What set this thing off, this merry-go-round with, with these guys in the booth and the prices that were given out and the movement that we saw? It all started with Tony Romo. When he came in, he was a cessation. Uh, he was under a three-year contract that was for around $10 million. And then when his deal came up, it was right before the overall TV deals um, were being negotiated or about to be negotiated for the long-term deals between the NFL and the networks like CBS, ESPN, Fox, NBC, et cetera. And CBS had Romo. ESPN wanted Romo for Monday night and also just to help them in their bid, at least in their eyes. Uh, and so uh, they offered him 10 years and $140 million. Uh, CBS came back, offered him 10 years for an overall total of $180 million, and Romo stayed at CBS. Uh, but that kind of was in the background. Uh, when that happened, Ike Troikman wanted that type of money. Uh, he was making around $10 million uh, or so, give or take, um, from uh, from Fox. And you know, then he was a free agent, was going to go to Amazon and split his time between Amazon and Fox. And then ESPN came in, got Troy Aikman, got um, Joe Buck for uh, huge contracts that um, Joe Buck was five years, $75 million, and Troy Aikman's five years, ninety million. Man, it, it's that the Buck part of it is fascinating to me because he has been the only face of Fox Sports since its existence. I mean, he's it; he's the whole thing. Um, what beyond the money? Why was Fox not? Were they not willing to match that for him? Um, and and was was it was this just a money play for him, or did he want a, a change of pace? Because you think about what. Think about being the face of a network as long as he was. He was kind of there. He was there, Nance, you know, for, for a long, long time. Yes. So uh, Joe Buck had done the World Series for 24 years, uh, and, you know, he could have kept going as long as he wanted. Uh, he had one year remaining on his contract. So what happened was after Aikman went, uh, ESPN was either going to team uh, Aikman with Joe Buck or Al Michaels. Um, and, uh, Fox wanted to keep Joe Buck, uh, but for Buck, he was able to go and be with his teammate, who he likes working with in Troy Aikman, and he got a substantial raise from around $9 million to $15 million a year, and he cut his workload in half. He's not hmm. doing baseball anymore, and he's just doing the NFL. So that's a pretty good deal when you think about it. You get an extra <laughs> $6 million, and your year basically ends – and you know, they don't have a Super Bowl for a while. So it basically ends in the middle of January. Uh, and then you don't go right into baseball like you did before. He would have probably given up baseball after this year uh, if he had stayed. Fox countered and offered him $12 million um, a year. But, uh, but he went with uh, ESPN. It's kind of a second career for him. But, um, yeah, it's a pretty good deal uh, when you look at it overall. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, more more pay, less work. Feels like a win to me. You know, a lot of people ask me, one of the lines I've been using on the show when we were discussing all of this and we were in the heat of all of this is, and people say, why you make so, no one's paying this, you know, no one's watching a game for an announcer. But I think what has happened here, and you correct me if I'm wrong on this, but these guys have become essentially faces of the network. There was a time that the face of ESPN or most ABC NBC, maybe it's Seinfeld or the cast of Friends, or there was a time when it was the network news hosts that they were kind of the faces of the network. 
these guys have become that. These are the biggest shows on network television, our sporting events, especially the NFL. And so that's why this money is what it is, is it not? Because when you go to meet advertisers, and we'll get to the Brady thing in a second, you say, well, here's what you get. Here's Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. They are ESPN. Well, look, uh, the money is outrageous, quite honestly. Like, I, I told you that Romo was making, you know, in his first contract when he went to be the number one analyst at CBS, he was making $10 million over three years, right? Now he makes almost double that in one year, and he has a 10-year deal that adds up to $180 million. So just go with the overall impression. The, the number is crazy. But the justification, and this has kind of always been agent talk, and now the executives sort of are, are parroting it, is that, well, we're already paying billions of dollars for these games, and now uh, we're going to uh, – so the announcers should make, you know, this much money. Now, I, I think you make a pretty good argument that they should make a lot of money because of the unique skill, especially the analysts, the former players are mostly Hall of Famers. Uh, they just can command that type of money because they don't have to do it. Uh, but when you look at the value, so then you look at the value. Does the number of the, the amount of money we're talking about add up to the value of what they do? I would say it does not. However, I do think they're important. I do think that over time, your enjoyment of a game when it's a top quality broadcast does go up. And that does um, the the diehard fan is going to notice it and enjoy a game more and kind of spread the word more that you know you got to watch this game because there's more enjoyment overall. And then that fringe fan, you can bring them in if you have the right people calling the game. So there is value. Um, you know, does it add up to ratings points? You know, maybe not. But I think over time it is important. And most importantly, why this also happens is that um, maybe it doesn't matter in the negotiations, but the league. The NFL at the top ranks um, makes it um, tells the, the, these networks it's important to them that they get big names and get it right on their broadcast. So uh, that's why you have ESPN spending so much money on Buck and Aikman. And the other, let, let's stay with ESPN for a second because not only do they have Buck and Aikman, but they put a lot into the Manning cast from a promotional mm -hmm. situation a year ago. That's a little easier when it's Levy and Greasy and Riddick uh, than it is when it's Buck and, and Aikman. What is that going to look like uh, this season? Yeah, the old adage is you have two quarterbacks, that means you have none. Uh, and now uh, ESPN <laughs> right. on Monday, they have three quarterbacks, right? I mean, who are you starting? I think you have to start Peyton. And Aikman's your backup, and uh, Eli's your third string. Uh, yeah. Right? So, uh, yeah, look, they have a lot, and it's a lot of money. They're going to be spending around $50 million or so uh, per year on their broadcast booth. I mean, that is a substantial amount of money. Uh, but I know that ESPN kind of views Peyton Manning as their most important personality that they have a relationship with. Now you could say, well, isn't Stephen A. or Scott Van Pelt or – Will Bond and Kornheiser, maybe they're more important. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they're on daily, and, and yeah, but but to, that took a long time for ESPN to get that relationship with Peyton Manning. They had to work on it for years, uh, and then to finally uh, consummate it, and it really went well for them. Uh, the Manning cast kind of changed some of the perception of Monday Night Football. Uh, Troy and Joe will also change that perception, and probably most importantly, the deal that they just signed going forward with the NFL is for – more games each year will go up to 25 games for ESPN uh, in total in a year or two. And they will also have flexible scheduling towards the end of the season. So, uh, you know, that's kind of where the bread is buttered. And, you know, they'll 
tell people like me, you know, behind the scenes will say that the you know Aikman's contract already paid for itself uh, because they they were they added uh, they raised their advertising rates and they got the money. Uh, you know, if that's true, I, I don't see the numbers. I can't tell you for certain, right. but that's what they'll tell you. So it used to be um, th- this gets to the next because a lot of it's about perception too. And you you had th- you had that line about uh, in the previous answer about you know this matters to the NFL that there's a, a top level broadcast group here, and that I think has been some of the things that's. I mean, you can even see that in the games that ESPN has gotten through the years. And so that gets me to the hierarchy question. Uh, I'm old enough, Andrew, to remember a time where Monday Night Football was the game, and then that transitioned and it became Sunday Night Football became the game. Now this is spread out. You've, we haven't even talked about this Amazon product on Thursday night with Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet, but now you got Buck and Aikman on Monday. Has NBC and Sunday Night Football has it fallen off what it used to be a little? Yeah, I don't think so. I think when you look at their schedule, uh, they got a really nice schedule for NBC. Although Mike Tirico uh, as the play-by-play guy, as they chose to have him replace Al Michaels on Sunday Night Football. Uh, as their lead announcer on the games. Uh, and then Chris Collinsworth remains as the analyst. I think their games are still as, just as good, um, I think, uh, and they will remain that way. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I do think uh, ESPN, there's just more glamour to it, right? It's just, uh, you know, there's, there's people listening right now who have opinions on Buck and Aikman. Some people probably yeah. hate them. But it does feel big time with those guys, right? You're used to them on Fox for 20 years doing the biggest games on Fox and doing Super Bowls, and now they're on Monday night, uh, and they'll make a big deal about it. And it will have a bigger feel to it. And their schedule was pretty good. Um, was it amazing? I don't know if it was amazing, but it was pretty good. Um, and better than maybe it has been, and that's all very subjective. You know, the season, you know, things happen during a season make a game look good uh, right now, and then it's not good in week 14. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so I think NBC's still there. Then obviously Amazon, that's going to be um, – you know, shock to some people's system in terms of Thursday night being exclusively on Amazon Prime. So you have to have that service to watch Thursday night football unless the Browns are playing and they'll also be on your local service. Sure. Wanted to ask you about Tom Brady. Are, are we sure he's going to be good at this? No, we're not. Because I watch him on the golf, Andrew, and I'm like, <laughs> if he's not, it's an, he's not Manning on the mic. He's definitely not Manning on the mic. It's a heck of an investment, man. Yeah, I mean, I think if so, if you you ask me, we we don't know, but I, if I were to guess, I'd say I'm going to go with he will be good. Uh, okay. If he, because I just think first off he'll he'll be right off the field, so he'll know all the defenses. Um, I think he'll be working with a good partner in Kevin Burkhart, and I think that uh, he'll want to be good. I don't think he's a guy who like half, um, you know, goes half speed on anything, and so. Uh, those reasons are the ones that I think um, are the reasons that he'll probably excel at it. Now, how long he'll do it for? Is there a chance he never even does it? Yeah, I think those are all in play personally. Um, you know, they kind of uh, kept going up and up, and then he agreed to do it. But uh, I don't think that uh, this is necessarily a dream come true. That said, um, Tom Brady can make a lot of money, and he's already started a lot of businesses, you know, even though he's playing. Uh I don't know if there's another place that it's so easy for him to make $37.5 million, Gary. No, no, you make a very valid point there. I'll get you out here on this one. Really have enjoyed this conversation. Uh, I want to ask you about college football for a moment, uh, which has become really the second, uh, from, a, from a viewership standpoint, the second most popular sport in this country. Um, from a 
from a contract standpoint, we hear all about this SEC deal with ESPN and reportedly upwards of $90 million or something like that per team, and that, I assume, will get bigger as they add Texas and Oklahoma and those type of things. They continue to renegotiate. We're in Big Ten country. Um, it appears that it's going to be a Fox primary deal, but then who's the dance partner? What can you tell us on that, and what's the timetable, and how big do you think that deal will be? So – uh, I do a podcast with John Oram from the Sports Business yep. Journal, and he he said that uh, he thinks it's going to be for a billion dollars. So I'll go with that number uh, per year for the Big Ten. Uh, which, when you say that number, you say, well, maybe the uh, uh, you know maybe the players do deserve a little money. Uh, so yeah, uh, a billion dollars a year. Uh, Fox that they're going to remain as one partner, and then the other ones could be you could see CBS in a late window, maybe NBC in a primetime window. So could you have a triple header? of network television uh, for um, for the Big Ten, yeah. And I also think Amazon Prime could be in play. Uh, and so, you know, how that ultimately works out, they're still kind of figuring it out exactly. But I do think they will have a digital component. I think Amazon has come in really strong, so that will be part of it. But then you could have your top games uh, being on. And, you know, ABC, ESPN, you can't um, discount them yet. Uh, they could be involved as well, uh, but they have the SEC deal coming up. Uh, and so, uh, you know, there's a changing landscape in college football. I mean, the game is going to change over the next 10 years. You know, you just can't imagine it. It's already – we're already seeing that, but it's going to be even more dramatic, I think, uh, in terms of where this NIL stuff is going to go. Uh, and so um, – but, yeah, so I, you, you will have Fox back involved, and then I, I do think you'll have at least one other network partner, so NBC, CBS, or ABC, and then uh, – uh, and maybe even two of those three. Uh, and then I think there'll be a digital player with Amazon most likely. Stuff so interesting, man. I could do two hours with you on it. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you giving us a little bit of it today. All right, thank you. All right, that's Andrew Marshan. He's the best. He covers it for the Post. Uh, there's a lot to all of that in terms of, of how these things came about. I did get the sense um, when we were talking about what started all of this is it almost was like it just started because it be- – like so Romo started it and it was like well they're doing it I guess we have to too like there was no rhyme or reason shocking that Tony Romo would start this. <laughs> just throwing that out there that was my big thing yeah um, no I mean but it, you like there's no, it wasn't like okay this is, demands this it was like they decided to do this with Romo Romo was that phenomenon when he first came on because he was tipping plays but then like I think Nance got a little sick of it and uh, you know and it, it he became a commodity at the right time, and so he parlayed that. Good job out of him. And then it was like, well, wait, if he's worth that, we're all worth it too. And then somebody said, well, yeah, they are. Like, there's no rhyme or reason and, to and it. And Romo's regressed. <laughs> you can make the argument. I just think he comes across – to me, he comes across lazy now. Yeah. That's what it sounds to me. Like, and it Troy feels Aikman like he's not interested. Year. Significantly. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Aikman was also motivated to have a better year to prove his worth. So now what happens now that he's got that contract? It, it is it, it is fascinating. Um, I don't I don't know. I, there's been so much money thrown at all these at all these guys, and, and you're right. Like we have no idea. Like what if Tom Brady is awful? What if Tom oh. Brady's worse than Drew Brees? Or Jason Witten. Well, what I was going to say is, you know, we had a lot of stuff I want to get through with him, so didn't have a chance for a follow-up on the one issue. But when he when he mentioned that Brady works at it, Brady works at golf too. And he, he has continued to throw himself out there on that event. And he's a very, very good amateur player. 
but in those events, he largely doesn't play well, you no. know, and he keeps putting himself in it. Like, I don't know. I think that, I think that that job, there is something innate that you have to have to do it at the highest level. You have to have, it's, it's something that I don't know that can be coached. Tom does not come across very natural in those settings. He's very good in a, in a situation that is procured for him. Uh, social media, he's ex outstanding on social media. Uh, the little videos and stuff that he does, those pre-produced things, he's great at. But when I watch that golf thing and he's on it, he's not – like Ro Rogers is significantly more entertaining yes. in those. Manning is way more. More than his brother, too. Way more. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I mean, Eli, yeah. But that's – I thought that was an interesting answer you gave, too, on the Manning cast, like that ESPN views Manning as their most important partnership. I mean, they whether or not he ever does actual games as an analyst doesn't have to. If if that show continues to give ESPN what they need, and ESPN at the end of the day says we have the one guy that everyone wants. Well, the other thing is, as long as he's doing stuff for them, he's not doing anything for anybody else. Exactly. You know, um, the crazy thing about that Manning cast is, is the actual numbers for that are pretty paltry. It's like a couple million versus like 10 on regular ESPN. It was something like that. That's not the exact numbers, but that was like the discrepancy. It's one of those things where it feels like for the, their argument would be though, yeah, but the right people are watching this. You know? Like yeah. the, the, there was so much more buzz about it. Like it, they, it would almost as like the game became secondary. I found it like when we were in it, if it, I found it when in games that I cared about, I thought it was at times distracting and I thought that they were too reliant upon guests. Yeah, we talked about that. I, yeah. I mean, let, react to the plays. React to the game a little bit. Yeah. Let me get your analysis as to what happened, good or bad. And there wasn't enough of that at times, especially mm -hmm. in the bigger Monday night games. I mean, I, even like, what was our game late in the season? That Pittsburgh. Was, was, yeah, the Steelers game. Right. And it was like then they would bring on a guest, and I'm like, well, I don't really care about – and every shtick was the same. It was always Peyton's got a big forehead, like – yeah, you know, was Peyton a knucklehead? Well, no, he wasn't. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So he, yeah. no, he wasn't a knucklehead. He was actually. And by the way, his entire reputation was being not only excellent physically, but ultimately prepared. So no, he was a joy to coach. Like he wasn't like that at all. But I don't know. I I'm curious where all of these things go. I think it's interesting um, with with Amazon. Like what he said, and a lot of people are concerned about. A lot of Buckeye fans are very curious what happens on that Big Ten deal and what that looks like. Uh, a billion dollars is a lot of money yeah i mean <laughs> that, that that's an insane amount of money so it's going to be 70 that would be 71 million 71 Perch million a to, team to school yeah 71 million that a helps team. with the nil problem well it doesn't because the kids oh, don't see any of it you're right the players don't see any of it what that helps for is facilities you know, in a case like ohio state it helps for funding all the other sports that they have um but yeah, right. here's the issue on that is if they're at 71 and reportedly the sec is at a 100 is at 90 that's an enormous gap now you want to talk about this is why i think the big 10 should push for notre dame right now because notre dame's there's nothing notre dame can put together that would give them 70 million dollars a year in tv revenue nothing no so i if i were the big 10 i'd force them right now the acc deal is a they get theirs is between 25 and 30 million a team um, so think about that.
I mean, think about Florida State, Clemson, Miami, like na- all those teams have won multiple national championships in our lifetime, and they're making between 20 and $30 million a year, and Purdue's going to make $71 million in TV. How can you keep pace? Make 71. That's right. Indiana yeah. is going to make Kentucky's going to make 90. Yeah. How are you going to how do you keep up with all that? That SEC with Texas and Oklahoma, that's only going to get bigger. It's only going to get bigger. The Big 10 needs to be bold right now. They have that but they're just followers. They're just not leaders in any way. Well, so. and, and here's the thing. As screwed up as the Big 10 might be, what does it say about the ACC? Oh gosh, yeah. The problem for them is they don't. There just isn't the national play pull. It's like a basketball conference. Yeah, it's not a football conference. No, and they have two national titles. You know, they have more national titles in the last five years than the Big Ten does. Um, but it just, it's just they were never able to grab that foothold. And the SEC was because of the relationship with CBS, because they were on network television for 30 years at 3.30 on a Saturday, and you knew you were getting the best game of the week in the SEC, and so it became a national brand. It wasn't. I mean, when they launched the SEC championship game, nobody wanted to broadcast it. No. Nobody wanted it. So that's the – but they were smart enough to understand that if we're on network television every Sunday at 3.30, we will build the brand, and they've done it, and now they're going to get the most money of anybody. So – Fascinating stuff. He's the best. Uh, Andrew Marsh and New York Post. That was a fun conversation uh, with him on the program. All right. We will, uh, we've, t- we've teased this like three times, three different days this week. But Third time's a We're actually going to get to it. Peter King's 22 most influential people in the NFL for this season. Uh, we will get to that. It is a mailbag edition of the program as well. Uh, tweet us your questions at Browns underscore daily. Use the hashtag AskCBD. We will get to those in about a half hour. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, second hour here on a Thursday. Rumpke Waste Recycling, family-owned and operated. Whether you join them as a customer or as an employee, you'll become part of the family. Visit Rumpke.com to learn more. Uh, George uh, tweeting us, Notre Dame joining the Big Ten? Since when? The Big Ten for decades tried to get Notre Dame to join, but now with all that money flying around, dot, 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 that's it. This is, look. This is I've spent so much time talking about this. This is and I know this is one that hits home here because we have a lot of Notre Dame fans with the, uh, so much Catholic association and I get I get it. A lot of alumni base, a lot of Buckeye fans around here. Forever, Notre Dame viewed itself, I think, correctly and still appropriately as a national university. And if you were to ask Notre Dame, all right, you have to join a conference, they would rather have joined the Pac-12 or the ACC rather than the Big Ten. The thinking for them being. We don't need to be in the – we're already in the Midwest. If we go to the Midwest, then we're no dip, Then all of a sudden we're, we're minimizing our brand if we if we'd say – if we join a league with, with a bunch of other teams in our region. We would much rather play on the coast because we view our – we want to go play USC. We want to play Miami. Like, that's what Notre Dame is all – want to play Boston College, those type of things. The reason that I think they can be forced right now is quite simply just money. It's that simple. The money is too big for the Big Ten – Notre Dame's ability to get their hands on $71 million in TV money every year 
versus what they're making at NBC and what the ACC can put together. It's apples and avocados, man. It is. It's just, it's a different time. And if you were the Big Ten right now and you could force their hand, and I think you could, and I think the way you do that is you say, look, if you don't join us, then none of us are going to play you. Good luck filling out your schedule, playing the service academies and Clemson and Stanford and USC. Good luck with that. Because guess what? All of this is is television shows. That's all any of it is. You're not on, Gibby. All right. Demerit. Excuse me. Um, I'm trying to figure out how much does NBC pay Notre Dame. It's $100 million per year? No. That can't be right. No, it's $15 million annually. Oh, it's the – never mind. Their, they, their NHL deal was $100 million per year. Yeah. And no. that's off the books. Yeah. Yeah, $15 million. $15 million is the Notre Dame And by deal. the way, NBC, you don't even get, like, every game. No. So And so NBC gets the 15, and then they get a portion of the AC's, ACC's money as well. So they get some of that cut as well. But that's a far cry from 71. If the Big yeah. Ten deal goes to $1.1 billion, you're talking about $75, 80000000 million a team. You, you can't make up a $50 million gap. Every year they get that. You're going to get that every year. You're not making up that gap, man. I'm telling you. It's not happening. So $15 million from NBC. From the ACC network, the league distributed – the ACC distributed an average of nearly 36.1 million to member schools. That included 34.9 to Notre Dame. Okay. So they get – they get close to 50. Close to 50. They're still 20 million shy. And 50 million, 40 million shy from the SEC. And by the way, the Big Ten deal may end up being bigger than 1.1. It if might be bigger join. than a billion. Well, if they join, now you have more TV shows yeah. to sell. So it could be even bigger. So that's the that's the stuff that's being discussed right now. And I, So to me, this is the time. If ever there was a time to force their hand, this is it. Yeah, because what else? Who else are you going to add? Where are you going to add from? Well, if I were the Big Ten, I would. I would. This is. I would go to thirty-two, and I would swallow up the rest of them. I would take eight teams I want out of the SEC, out of the ACC. I would take the teams I want out of the Pac-12, and I would take Notre Dame. I'd forget you don't need the Big Ten, Big Twelve, and I would go to thirty-two. I'd go all the way to thirty-two, and I would control all of it. East-West, play for a championship. If the SEC is going to flex and say, we're doing our own thing, okay, well, we got to have an answer to that. And I think that there are the, – the Big Ten's at 14 teams right now. There are, I've, I've done far too much on this. But the, you can get to 32 and you dismantle the ACC and the Pac-12 in the process, force Notre Dame in, and you're set. That's the way to do it. All right. Middle of summer when you got an hour to burn – I'll give you the full process. <laughs> hey, Danny Cunningham. What Hello, do you Jason think about Gibbs. that Golden Domer? Uh, I would be stunned. I, that would be one of the most stunning things in college football if Notre Dame joined the Big Ten. It would be. It yeah, would, I'd be. But floored. they should. I, well, it's getting closer. I think the other, it's not because they, have, they, they also have, have that agreement. Point. They do have that agreement with the ACC. If they join a conference between now and 2040, the grant rights. It has to be the ACC. 
That's it's a grant and rights deal. So the way to get around their, that their is you blow agreement. up the ACC. Yeah, you blow up the ACC. The ACC is hanging on by a thread. And also, Notre Dame's media rights expire in 2025. So that $15 million deal, that's going to balloon. Whether it's with NBC again or it's with CBS, who's going to have money to spend after losing the SEC or Fox or ESPN, their debt number is going to naturally go up two or three years from now. They're just in, a, in an old deal at this point. The one push, I, several push, but the one, I, the big one I would push back on on that is if, in my plan, the Big Ten forced their hand and said, fine, you're not playing any of us. They play like so, one big team, big, big Ten team a year because it's not like they play Michigan State and Michigan every year anymore. Like this year, next, have, how many do they have this yeah. year on the schedule? You got just Ohio State and just Ohio State. That's it. Ohio so State you have only to ask this year, next question, year. Purdue the following those, two years. It's not a lot anymore. You have to ask yourself as you are a someone who is you know because all this is is television shows. Sure. Do we have enough attractive television shows? That's the job in terms of their schedule. Yeah, because that's what, that's so. what the big reason that Oklahoma left the Big Twelve is because they didn't have enough that the big 12 was did not have enough and oklahoma has been a better program than notre dame over the last know, 40 years so the question becomes do you have enough television shows playing the schedule that they play i would venture to guess so especially now because you you're starting to see more teams from the sec and you know 15 years ago ohio state notre dame this year wouldn't have happened like it's just those types of games didn't happen the way that they happen now. Alabama is slated to come to South Bend in a few years. Texas A&M is going to be in South Bend in two years. Teams from the South are starting to finally travel north, so these games are much more available and possible. So now you do have those TV shows that I think it's far less likely for Notre Dame to join the Big Ten now than it has ever been before. I disagree. But, well, that's all right. Sometimes those things happen. Uh, we'll see. The The money is going to be interesting where all of this stuff shakes on this. Yeah, this. I mean, this. I mean, Danny, this schedule's nonsense other than Ohio State. It's a brutal schedule. Marshall, California, North Carolina, BYU, Stanford, UNLV, Syracuse, Clemson, Navy, Boston College, Southern Cal. That's I mean, you're, if USC is what they should be under Lincoln Riley, they should be ranked. This year, at least, in, in the future, they should be better. They've got that, three you, really good games. You got three games. UNLV is uh, BYU Oof, is going to be okay. BYU is going to be the team that's going to be okay. To you got but three it's games. a three that's really tough. good game schedule. But if you look inside a lot of these conferences, Ohio State doesn't have more than three games. that's super challenging either. It's Notre no, that's Dame. Why, that's some why years they have to move. Some year Michigan yeah. State, some year Penn State, but that conference hasn't exactly lit the world on fire either. That's part of the problem across all of college football. It's none of these teams are playing more than three or four good games a year. That's a bad one. Indeed. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting where it all, where it all shakes out the, um, all right. So this, we, we actually have to do this because we've teased it a lot. Peter King's 22 most influential players, uh, people in the NFL for 22, uh, Goodell number one on this list. Um, our guy, Deshaun Watson is number two. They're linked, right? I would like to think so. I mean, that's I the mean, reason one is one Adele's and one is two. Their link probably hinges on. Well, what whatever. Yeah, who knows? The other thing with this is, as you know, there's no timeline on this. It's just also nebulous. Um, the other thing with that is, this will be the first one under the new CBA where it's not Goodell being judge and jury, right? It's a district. It was it a U.S. district judge that's the that's seeing this or former. Attorney General, Attorney, eh, whatever. Yeah, it's Someone not. It's not Goodell. Yeah, yeah, and it's not Goodell. And then Goodell will be the one overseeing the appeal and 
that's where all of those things will go. So we'll see. We'll we'll see where that goes. He had Brady number three. Brady was interesting today. Did you hear him uh, down at, in Tampa where he didn't deny that uh, the Miami stuff kind of danced around it awkwardly? No, I did not. Yeah, he was available down in Tampa uh, this morning and kind of danced around awkwardly the idea of of so he was asked directly about Miami and the flirtation. Thought it was interesting. Uh, Absolutely. Rob Walton is number five on this list. There's some players on this. Mahomes Most of them are and Brady. A lot of quarterbacks, obviously, quarterback-driven. Marie Donahue, Amazon VP, global sports video. Yeah, she left ESPN to kind of spearhead this Amazon project. I'll tell you what, what how, how many people that first Thursday night are going to turn to a television and realize they don't – most of us, I think – have Amazon Prime now? I mean, it feels like the whole country has it. Um, and it feels like most people have the app. But how many people are going to be scrambling that that first Thursday night looking for it? It was interesting. Peter King, uh, in his column, said, for those who wonder about Thursday night streaming games and sports bars, I'd expect a deal for the games to be in your watering holes to get made this summer, certainly in time for September 15th opener, Chargers and Chiefs. Amazon has a similar deal with sports pubs in the UK for their Premier League games. Okay. All right. I'll tell you the guys on this list that he has too low. He has Lamar Jackson too low. You heard John Harbaugh today say that they expect him to be over there um, in at minicamp next week. That's been something I've been monitoring. We've talked about it since the Combine. What is What is the deal? What is going on over there between him and them? Hard to say. I'm very curious about that one. I think he's got that one too low on this list. Um, another one. There was another one I I breezed through quickly here. Uh, Dan Snyder is Dan Snyder fascinating. Probably be a top five. I feel like. Yeah. I'll tell you one that's not. They got Burrow twelve on this. I think Burrow is kind of he's he's in the he's not Mahomes in the sense that everybody loves him, but he's close. Um, and he seems like he has universal approval rating. What's going to be fascinating on that is he and Herbert are going to be up for extensions at the same time. The Deshaun money is out there. Those are two ownership groups that historically have do not have an ability or want to do that. Will they have to now? And what does that look like? Like, does Joe Burrow make it a priority to say, I need to make $300 million guaranteed on this deal? They'll be the next ones to do it. And you're right. I think two people that I that are on this list that I was I'm interested to see what happens is Cronky, the Rams owner. Um and Well what's the what is the, so the what's he up to that makes So the owners are all angry. Oh, the St. Louis. Who's thing. picking up that seven hundred and ninety million dollar yeah. uh price tag? And if Cronky doesn't get if Cronky's gotta pick it up, how does that impact him from a financial standpoint? And that stadium and not much. He's Walton money, Walmart money plus his. So he'd be able to do it. I'm sure it's just out of principle that he doesn't want to. Yeah, I, that one. And then I, this was an interesting one that he threw in there. Um, the Matthew Berry fantasy football from ESPN, uh, a guy that I know we've had on at the combine. And yeah, um, it, it's interesting. And I, you read the name and you go, well, why is he on? Like, I, th- I just thought it was a fascinating piece with some of these people because I didn't know a couple of them. But um, the whole – it looks like he's going to be a free agent and with sports betting becoming such a big 
deal now across the country. It, you know, how much money could this guy command? Is he is he similar is the is he similar to Kuiper in that? And he isn't in. I mean, Kuiper invented the medium of breaking down the draft. He didn't invent talking about fantasy football, but he has been at the crossroads of the most powerful network doing it and the rise of it. So it feels like he's kind of he at a time he was like a one man wrecking crew in fantasy football, talented, talented Emroto, all that stuff. Like, but is the like for example, if he were to leave ESPN and they just were to have Field Yates and somebody else do it, like do they lose out on that? Or does he or lose he, out because like if he goes he, somewhere, he does his audience ESPN go with backing. him? Right, right. Like one guy who was able to get there are two guys that that left ESPN that I can think of who it was benefited them tremendously financially and probably lifestyle, and that's Dan Patrick and Bill Simmons. Those are the two guys that left on. And, and it was a beneficial thing. It's hard to find those spots, though. I just – he had 27 million downloads on his podcast last season. That's crazy. I mean – But if that's not coming out of the ESPN pod center – Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know. It's it, that's a, He's an interesting one to me because of, of yeah, that. I, I don't know was, what is. I thought it was fascinating. Yeah. You yeah. know, to see w- what might happen with him – was there anybody on the uh, on the outside looking in you thought should have made the top twenty two? Well, it, it just depends on what you define as interesting. Like, I mean, I, again, like Lamar is way too low for me because I think that's a really interesting thing. I think Kyler Murray is should be on that list yep. because he could demand change out there. Uh, Sean Payton, kind of l- l- you know hanging over the season, waiting for the first great job to open. I think that's interesting. I think um, I mean, he has Jerry Jones not on this list. I just his he's it feels like their window to win came and went, and we know he wants to win another one most desperately. I, I just I, I thought Todd Bowles, you know what happens in Tampa. I mean, you he's know, got a good spot. He, he's been handed a, a fantastic team, and he's a he's a, proven to be a good coordinator can he be a great head coach yeah no for sure yeah no it's an interesting list it's a very interesting list a lot of these things are are things that we talk about all the time speaking of the nfl um we will go around the league Uh, we've got another guy getting paid a very big amount from the la rams we'll get to that coming up next listen to cleveland browns daily on 850 espn cleveland Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. A lot of bad advice out there about gambling from secret methods to picking lottery numbers to betting big when you're on a roll. And the mist can lose you money and get you in a lot of trouble. So before you wager, find out what's real and what isn't at KeepItFunOhio.com. We go around the league. Cooper Cup signing a big deal, three years, $78 million. Um, what is the What is the guarantee on this for Cup? Uh... That's a great question. I don't know if I've seen that. I'm curious what that is because they just gave Aaron a lot of money. That's what I mean. Like, the, how how does the salary so cap I think actually the, work now? All right, three years, eighty. 
I believe the guarantee is seventy five. Seventy five. Seventy five million guaranteed. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's good for him. Deserves it. That's great. Their their model is pretty simple, and it's probably one of two or three places in the league where you can do this. Um, we will pay our stars a premium. We will trade our picks to get stars, and we will fill out the roster with people who want to live in Los Angeles and play for on a really good team. And that's it. That's the, and it works. There, there aren't that many places you can do it, but that's one that you can. Yeah. No, I I, I just I saw the, the amount of money they've thrown out to Aaron Donald and Cooper Cub. Yeah. You're just kind of like, okay, so your way around the salary cap is what? Just, it's all the guaranteed money. Like as long as you're willing to write a big check and yeah. defer it down the road, there's 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 ways to do it. Um, but look, and this goes back to that conversation we were having about Cronky on the list from Peter King. So that it works out to uh, whatever. What's if you think about how many owners could have gone to L.A. and paid for all of that? Yeah, that were willing to move their franchise. How many how many NFL owners were willing to move a franchise like? The only ones that made sense were the Raiders, the Rams, and I guess the Chargers in retrospect. Well, the Chargers and the Raiders, those don't two ownership groups don't have money. They don't have money to do it. So that you had to have somebody who could build that stadium and weather it. He was and, the one guy. And that's why I think Kroenke's like, how about a little something for the effort here? And I don't have a problem with it. the rest of the owners. I mean, he paid for the stadium on his own with his own money. Now, it's still duplicitous what he did in St. Louis. No. And they probably deserve better agree. than that. Um, Don't get me started. Oh, I talked to I talked to yeah, Laurinaitis you know. about this yeah. all the time because, you know, he got there at the end of it. Like, he, it, he it's not like he was getting in there on the, the Warner Falk, you know, yeah. greatest show on turf. That's not what he was walking into. He was walking into the end of it. And basically, you know, what happened to almost retard the process of, of being an NFL team and make it to the point of where nobody wanted to be there. Yeah. I mean, some of those games in that Transamerica Dome at the end were a disaster. Absolute disaster. Threw no money into it. And, and Stan wasn't around because he was eyeing Los Angeles. The week after the uh, the field caught fire, we played there. Remember that? Oh, the sure. Opening? Oh, yeah. We played there. Yeah. A nightmare of a trip. Yeah. I mean, they're better off in L.A., they never should have went to St. Louis to begin with. That was insane to take the L.A. Rams and move them. But the Rams, were, weren't they playing in the baseball stadium in L.A.? In, the, yeah. in Anaheim? Yeah. And the, I mean, the, it wasn't Dodger the Stadium. Was it was the other brand one. New, right. Brand, brand new, new facility. And they had – I mean, they were all in and to begin with. It was loud. They, they set the all the, uh, the records for the I, noise. I was there. It was awesome. Like, when yeah. they were good, that city – loved them like no one else when they were bad no one came yeah like they were a total bandwagon fan base because well there's no corporate money in st louis either right no that's the other problem like it's you have the cardinals are number one the cardinals walk on water right uh the blues are number two James told me that he was a bigger deal at Ohio State than he was with the Rams, and yep. he was the captain of the Rams. I could, I could see that, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. The Rams were number three. They've all, they were always number three. Yeah, except uh, the except the year when they had Warner and Falk, yeah. and then it was that was it. I mean, that was a hell of a run. Was that that was probably peak St. Louis? So you had, <laughs> you, you think about Apex St. Louis. You've got the Rams being Super Bowl contenders with Falk and Warner and Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt and all that. The, you have Pujols, 
Pujols, Pujols and the Cardinals the right at the end of it. Yep. But they're winning World Series at that time. Yep. Brett uh, Hall was in St. Louis. Was he the there Blues? at that time? Yeah. He, I had a feeling he was gone already, but they were in the mix too. Um, and then you have Nelly. Don't forget Nelly. St. Lunatics. Yeah. Oh. Huh? I mean, that's maybe that's Apex St. Louis. I had a few moments. Of course. I There was a fear for my safety. With the St. Lunatics? Yeah. He's got some catchy tunes, man. Um, I, oh, I love Nelly. I love Nelly. Um, there, are, there are parts of St. Louis where the Lunatics came from that we ended up in. And <laughs> it, I'm like, okay, what's my exit plan? Yeah, Brett Hall had left St. Louis by then. He he was out in '98, so he was right at the end because he won. He did he either win the cup. Yeah, he won the cup in Dallas. Remember, he's in the crease with the stars. Yeah, yeah. He was there '97, '98 was his last year in St. Louis. Brett Hall, good, 86 goals in a year. I don't know. All right, we will uh, we will get to the bottom of that though. Also, want to give a shout out to our good buddy uh, Porter Gustin, five star Porter Gustin. He signed with the Dolphins. Uh, he was a great dude, and honestly, anytime he was called upon, he was really good for us. Uh, played in twenty six games, made four starts, uh, fifty two tackles, a sack, two forced fumbles in those appearances. Had one tackle, one interception, and two postseason outings. He was really good when called upon. I, he really was. I, I'll never forget. We did the brought we did a show from the Cleveland Food Bank. Mm-hmm. And he had just been signed. Five star Porter Gustin. And yeah. they didn't they didn't have a jersey for him. because right. you know the players who show up, you wear the jersey. He volunteered on his own day off. Yeah. To come over and spend a few hours. They put him to work. And then I like as I was packing up my car, he's in sandals and like a t shirt and it's snowing sideways with the sun out in Cleveland, of course. Right. And I looked at him, I was like, <laughs> who are you waiting on? He goes, an Uber. And I was like, get in the car. That's I'll right. drive you to the hotel. And he was one of the nicest guys. Yeah. Really good dude. I, I thought for some reason he was under contract with us, but yeah, not the case. Chris Pronger yeah, was the captain of the Blues. When there I you go. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. We hit the mailbag coming up next. Listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. My friends, the Bath Authority give you that bathroom of your dreams. They can do it for you in about a day. Let them make it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors as well. The Bath Authority is our area's premier bath and shower remodeler. They are experts. They are factory trained installers. You give them a call right now at 216-220-8399. You get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel or go to bathauthority.com. It's where affordability meets quality. They have the largest selection of bath projects. They're all made in the United States. Change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding. If you need to do a tub-to-shower conversion, they will take care of you on that as well. Superior products, expert installers, 216-220-8399. 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. Go to thebathauthority.com for more and tell them that Bo sent you. Uh, time for a little mailbag, Gibbe. 
Indeed, my friend, brought to you by Vivid Seats, official fan experience partner of the Cleveland Browns. Browns fans, the NFL schedule is out, and you can be there live for every touchdown and tackle. Check out vividseats.com to find tickets, browse exclusive fan experience packages, and earn unbeatable rewards. There you You, go. You can tweet at the show. At Browns underscore daily, use the hashtag AskCBD. Uh, before we get into the mailbag real quick, Adam Schefter just tweeting out, OT7, the new 7-on-7 seven seven league, kicks off tonight in Vegas, runs through the weekend. Hundreds of high school prospects, uh, such as USC commit Malachi Nelson, Tennessee commit Nico, not even going to try to pronounce your last name because it won't do me any good, and top-rated Jaden Davis are playing. OT7 airs on overtime channels over the next few months. I don't know what overtime. Well, is. those names are big names. Yeah. I mean, the 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 kid that's going to USC is a dude. I'm pretty sure that's the quarterback from Tennessee that is that allegedly was eight million dollars that they paid. I'm pretty sure oh. that's him. Um, so those are big names. I wish. I mean, honest to God, I wish that would be youth. I wish youth football, not high school football in the fall, but I mean youth football. I wish it was seven on seven. Through the seventh grade, that Maybe keep them all in it. Seven on seven spring leagues. I'd love. I mean, they need spring football in the state of Ohio. It's ridiculous yes. that there's not. There should be seven on seven, or they should have just spring football in Ohio. There's no reason not to. Yeah, I. Uh, that's pretty impressive, to say the least. Uh, you can tweet at the show at Browns underscore Daily using the hashtag AskCBD. We'll just get this one out of the way. This is from Peepaw. What's the appropriate <laughs> ratio of cocktails per holes of golf? Asking for a Yeti-sized friend. Hashtag asks. Um, I'm not big get-drunk-golf guy. I, I find that if that happens, then I don't, I can't play golf. So yes. I, I'm not that guy. So I'm pace-myself guy anyway. Um, it's been even a long time since I've golfed with buddies. Like, most of the time, I just golf with the boys. So... I know you do this on a regular basis. Do you have a rule you follow on the on the cocktail I mean, per hole? W- when you're in a golf outing, it's there are no rules. <laughs> you know, because someone inevitably in the golf outing is going to sandbag their team's score, and they're going to end up at 17 under, which probably is not going to be the case at those kinds of golf outings. But yet, that's going to happen, and hey, you're – you know, there there are no rules when it comes to that. I mean, I haven't officially endorsed for it that I would do that I that I rec- that I think is fantastic. Like he mentioned the Yeti, Peepaw mentioned the Yeti. So if you got if you have the big Yeti, pour like go get Bush Light, Coors Light. I would use Coors, but whatever. Pick something like that. The Hoff uses Bush Light. He uses Bush Light. Grab one. Grab that. You could you could do you sometimes you get one or two cans into the Yeti. Take a, a scoop of ice and pour it in the beer and then heavy lime squeeze. That's so refreshing. Plus, you get a little hydration. Yeah. I, I try to keep it, if I'm if I'm playing, playing, and, and a little bit more, I, I don't want to say serious, but I, I need to be able to be of sound mind and body. You know, maybe a beer every three holes. You know, two or three beers a nine. If you're just playing i think that's responsible yeah i mean i think yeah mix in a water yeah you gotta hydrate especially on the back nine then you gotta mix in a gatorade of water yeah mix in a few things uh p fred 
tweets at the show as you can at Browns underscore daily using the hashtag AskCBD. This question was for Zagura, but I don't know if we can help him. I'm going to be in the Scottsdale Mesa area next week for work, bringing the sticks. Which must-see golf course and restaurants would you recommend? Barrio Queen in Scottsdale. That's always – Zagura's big on Barrio Queen. Yeah. I, I mean, years ago, I used to go there all the time for the uh, for the Fiesta Bowl. So on three separate occasions I was there. We were always at the Camelback. Um, Very nice. Which is great. Yep. Yeah, every room's an adobe. That's a win. Uh, there's a BLT steak there that I remember having a very good steak meal at. My guess is the Mexican food there, you can, the tacos down there, you throw a dart and hit a great one. Um, from a golf standpoint, I mean, I don't know what you can get on. What's the, you know, is, is, is this would definitely be more specifically for Zagura because he would know like where you could play and where you couldn't. Yeah, I don't know what what is their busy time of year. Is this... I would think now you could get on. It's got to be hot as buckets out there. Yeah, I feel like my friends have played some of the bigger courses. Is there maybe a TPC there? Yeah, yeah. I think they've got well the way there. the place where the waste management place is where that's played. Yeah, you know. So I I feel like it definitely this time of year is probably their slower time of year. Uh, Doug Pester. With the success of Top Gun Maverick, what other 80s movies could be set up for a follow-up? Or is Tom Cruise the only one who could do this? If only Tom could he reboot Days of Thunder where he's the guy <laughs> who can be brought back as a crew chief. I'm sure he's thinking about that. It's TPC Scottsdale is the waste, is where the waste management is. Um, and, yes, you, I would think you'd ought to be able to get on that. That would be the one that would be cool. Um, no, I think only Cruise could do this. He's the only one could do this. So there's a couple reasons he's the only one who could do this. Number one, financially, he can do it. Financially, he can put the weight of it on his shoulders and do it. Number two, he still looks relatively the same as he did in 1986. Correct. So that's another big part of it. Um, and three, it's one of the rare instances where, I mean, like his his force of nature to make them not do this CGI is stunning. To make them use actual planes is absolutely stunning. And he's probably the only one who's powerful enough to do it. Uh, but also the technology has gotten actually so much better that even the real stunts that they're doing are even better than they were in the original. The original was unbelievable from that standpoint. 80s movie that you could reboot. It's funny you said Days of Thunder because obviously when they did Days of Thunder, they just did Top Gun and race cars. So... I heard this isn't a remake, but I heard that the director of Top Gun is doing an F1 series, F1 movie with Brad Pitt, like an F1 Formula One movies from the 80s that could be rebooted. I'm, I'm going through a few of these now. Uh, could you remake Beetlejuice? I mean, you could. I don't know. The if, Breakfast Club? No. Uh-uh. None of those are all. All of those are now Netflix shows or, or HBO Max shows. The whole John Hughes catalog is all that. Candles. Yeah, that's all yeah. a series now on on HBO or something. It's not a wouldn't do it. I mean, you think of the big action movies of the eight. I mean, like really the closest that tried to do this was Indiana Jones, and it was a debacle. Now they're doing another Indiana Jones, but I'm guessing that will fall flat too because Harrison Ford's like eighty some years old. Yeah, you know it's just not there anymore, and he won't give up. The, they did it with Jurassic Park. They've tried it with a bunch of them. I mean, I thought about, like, Roadhouse, but that's probably, which I love, but love. that's probably, uh, you know, an HBO Max series, too. It's probably not a 
probably not a movie. The Schwarzenegger ones were all... I mean, Sly Stallone did this with Rocky, rebooted it. He did it with Rambo, too. Could you do it, could you do it with Major League? I think if you touch Major League, you should be put in jail. I agree. I think Major League's perfect. As, the two best sports movies for me are Hoosiers and Major League. Major League for comedy, Hoosiers for inspirational. Those are the two. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Perfect. I watched that with my oldest like a month ago, and he loved it. Uh, I'm looking to see National Lampoon's uh, Vacation. I don't... Back to the Future? I think it's too perfect, too. I think what makes Top Gun work is Cruise. Like, it, that's why I went Roadhouse, but Swayze's unfortunately not with us anymore. Like, yeah. you, you have to have somebody who could who gets you the nostalgia of it. I mean, I think you should win Best Actor for that. I think that thing should win Best Movie. Should win Best Picture at the Academy Awards. I think it's that good. It really is. It's better than the first, and the first is classic. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you can. I don't think so. I think it's a... When you think about trying to remake it or trying to advance the story, they're just it's there's so many factors that only apply to Cruz. Uh at Hamp de Champ. We all agreed that the US Bank Stadium was amazing last year. How excited are you to play in the new dome in Atlanta this year? Uh we were there for the preseason last year. Wasn't anything that I'd write home about. Wasn't your boy uh Kanye? Kanye was living in there? Kanye was living in the visitor locker room. <laughs> we had to set up in an alt- alternate locker room because Kanye West was literally living and recording in the in like a, in, in a locker room, yeah. yeah. Crazy. Uh, this it, from Springtime 22. TPC Scottsdale and Camelback were both pretty open to play. Uh, they look beautiful, by the way. He was there uh, He was there just last week. boy. Jersey Dog tweets at the show, any update on Bishop's Dog Quest? I mean, we've landed on. So here's what they like. This is what I. This is what we. So there's a couple of breeds of dog that I want, but I want to do rescue. Amen. Like I want to do a rescue dog is what I want. But then my wife wants, you know, like the boys want a puppy too. So how hard is it to thread that needle? I mean, you gotta. You've gotta go. You you gotta get to the pound on the right day when they have the pup because the puppies go. Yeah. Super fast. Yeah. We were lucky enough. Oliver was a uh, Oliver was one of nine in a litter, and he was number eight that got adopted. Okay. So it was right timing, right place, right time. You can definitely get a puppy from one of the shelters, but it is it is not an easy thing yeah. to do. Yeah. Like I was we thinking about waiting. Call. I was thinking about waiting until the you know this summer at the end of the summer when we do the adopt a pets here. Sure. You know, I thought Absolutely. I was thinking about doing it this summer when we do it at training camp. Puppy like, Pound will be back. Puppy Pound will be back and and going to that's yes. br- I mean I could walk away with 5 though at that thing. Well, I, I my wife has tried. My my right I'm like we have two dogs. We don't need a third. <laughs> They're all there, man. Melon. He's walking around. Just a perfection. He really is. He really is. Uh, you know what would have been amazing? What? If we would have arranged for you and I to do a show with those while Z was gone. That's what we should have done. I, mean, I could still make that request. That's what we should have done. We should have done and just say, hey, look what happened. Look what showed up. 
Shout out. To, maybe we just take a picture and send it to him. Hey, wish you were here. Wish you were here. And they're just on the. <laughs> miss a day, miss a lot. There you go. Hope golf's going well. Yeah. At King Stefanski tweets at the show. Uh, what do you guys enjoy doing the most to take your mind off of football? I play golf. You know what? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I'm with the kids all the time, so I mean, if I, you know, we, I coach everything and all that, so I mean, that that probably does that. I really enjoy, uh, you know, few, few nights. I really enjoy like my wife. If I can get, if we can get into a show, I enjoy that hour of clarity before, like, to think about something else. You know, because you know what this bit like. We're always thinking about. I mean, constantly content, yeah. content, content. So I that hour that has nothing to do with sports, I like that. Um, we were, you know, intermittently when there aren't games on or whatever, we're watching. Um, I, I was rewatching The Wire, and we're in season two. Season two is great. The Wire, like it gets a lot of people throw shade at it that you shouldn't. It's awesome. It holds up. It's awesome, awesome. So we were. I've, I've been watching that over the last couple of months. So that, that's probably what I do to take my mind off. He, he also one good adds, show. Also, not sure if you guys are amusement park kind of guys. We are. But if you are, what's your favorite ride at Cedar Point slash Kings Island? Oh, I, Maverick's my favorite. Now I have not been on Steel Vengeance, um, but Maverick's my favorite. I, and I've you know I've run them all. I Millennium's great. I don't know how you can really put. Can you put Kings Island in the same category as Cedar Point? That, Is it on that level? Owned, I think by the same. Yeah, they're, they're owned by Cedar Fair. Like growing up, Kings Island, I love the King Cobra stand up roller coaster, upside down, great, okay. loved it. Thought it was awesome. Thought yeah. it was the best ride. I like that better than the Beast. The Beast is their famous yeah. coaster down there. Um, I like the Raptor at Cedar Point. Always have. Yeah, that's great. That's a really great. They got uh, so many. That one in Millennium Force. I, and I can always ride Magnum because there never seems to be a line for Magnum. Yeah. But I that, like to click, click, <laughs> click, click all the way to the top. That was, it's funny. Some my oldest went, we went last summer and he finally got to ride some of the big roller coasters and we put him on Magnum and the click, click, click. And that slow ascent, you don't underestimate the, how terrifying that part of it is. It's, yeah. And you're looking down the yeah, higher you go. Yeah. It's, it's pretty great. At one point, I said something to effect to him. I said, "Like, I'm like, look, dude, it's it's fine. It's gonna be over." And he's like, "Dad, stop talking." <laughs> <laughs> good, good job by him. All right, Meshling, we'll get to your stuff tomorrow. We'll give him a little too. Is yeah, it Meshling? I, I mean, Is it Meckling? Me Do like we have 40. a name? He had ten. I, it was at least. There's a ton of them. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll run it back tomorrow. We'll see. Um, all right, so much more to come. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. You rooted, did you find yourself rooting Celtics or Warriors last night? Neither. I hate them both. <laughs> I, you know what? I thought I was going to pick a team, and then I started watching it. I'm like, God, I hate both these teams. Yeah. I, hate, I don't hate the Celtics. I hate the Celtics fan base. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it's a tough. It's a tough route. Hopefully, yeah, not, other than Mr. Donovan. Of Correct. Um, it's, it is a tough route. Hopefully, we get some good games like they – you know, that's, that hasn't been the case so far no. in too many of these. Uh, so we have the next level coming up next. We do. We are we are back tomorrow for more fun. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland.
You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR.